Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they've built the life of their dreams. This episode is also sponsored by the Scandinavian furniture company Produkta. This episode is also sponsored by the Norwegian accountancy system TripleDex. And today I'm in Brooklyn, in Dumbo, in New York City, and I have the pleasure to speak with Michaela uh, Vessels, right? She is the founder of Style Arcade, which is an analytics software for fashion and retail brands. And you are kind of powering smarter product decisions by combining data science, AI, and visual imagery. You help businesses buy better, trade more efficiently and also unlock a new growth and profit for retail brands. We actually met at a networking event here in New York City and you just moved your company from Australia to New York City. Your husband (laughs) is from Trondheim, where I'm from, so the world is so small. And I think it's so interesting how you took your business now and decided to expand over here. I want to tap into that as well. I also want to focus on how you strategize to expand to a new market and how you help the fashion industry becoming better, taking better decisions. Are you ready to talk about that? Welcome to Business Talk, Michaela. I couldn't have said it better myself, actually. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. I am happy that I did my stalking well enough before meeting you here. I'm so happy to be here. Can you just tell us from your own words, your own story, from your childhood up until now, what made you the person you are today? Yeah, well, I guess um, if you think, if you made me think back to like early days and you go, what did make me who I am today? And I think we all have little clues in our childhood as to like who we are. Um, remembering back, I was always passionate about work, call it, or business. I remember being a little kid, like four years old, I would always tell my parents we'd drive past this one hill in my city that I grew up in. And I would say, I work up that hill in that office there. So I always was telling them about, you know, I wanted to be involved in my own thing from early. Mm-hmm. I would do things like with my parents, unpack the grocery cupboard, build a little, you know, shop shop as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to sell the groceries back to my parents, create this beautiful little store, sell them the groceries back. But then... The other parts of childhood, like playtime, if you think about it, it's like my little sister would say to me, Carla, can we play Barbies? And I was like, not interested in playing Barbies. But I was interested in like getting all sorts of materials to build Barbie the best house Barbie has ever seen. Yeah. So that Barbie could have a great experience. My sister could have a great experience. So I realized quite early on it was about how other people felt made me happy. Um, Yeah, I was a... It's some strange things that I remembered because of your question. It's like, I used to get up on Saturday mornings really early before the whole house had woken up. And it must have been 10 or 11. And I would clean the whole TV room, living room, kitchen, just to experience my parents walking in going, ah, everything's so amazingly clean. Mm -hmm. So these ridiculously weird things in life give you clues as to who you are. And I think for me, it's, business, Mm. the trader mentality, Mm. and other people's experience Mm -hmm. makes me happy. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So you kind of reflected a bit about this uh, beforehand, about how you were as a child, and you try to make good experiences 
for others. Yeah. But also those experiences make you also feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And by doing that, you're trying to also build a better future. So tell us how how do you build a better future with, with your company now? You've built it for five years, right? Yeah. And now you're in New York. Tell us how do you how do you want to Yeah, your journey from starting happen. your business, yeah. I guess the first kind of, so I studied a finance degree and then I went into, and I was really lucky to have gained this experience. I went into a fashion retail business called Trueworths in South Africa. That's where I grew up. And that business really was 800 global, well, across Africa, 800 department stores and really like they were operating like the Swiss clock of merchandise planning and buying processes. Mm -hmm. So I got to learn from some of the best minds there were. And I was so grateful for that experience. And now looking back, you think, but we were building all of our tools to do our job mm -hmm. in Excel mm -hmm. and some BI tools. And then some of the IT guys were helping us build things just to get our buying and planning done. Mm -hmm. And it was always occurring to me, like, why do retailers have to build software to do their job? Mm. Shouldn't that be software companies building software for retailers so that we can focus on, like, product and buying and mm. customers? Mm. So that played on my mind. And then I emigrated to Australia and worked in a number of retailers where it was even further behind than that. And I, I was becoming the system. I was trying to build software in Excel. Mm -hmm. I was like... Mm -hmm. This is, this is not good. But there was a moment in, we used to have these like Monday trade meetings where the whole team get together and we analyze how the performance was of the prior week. And before the meeting, you have to print a ream of paper for everybody in that meeting. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking like hundreds of pages of all the products, their performance data and the store data. And then we would go in that meeting And we would trawl through these pages and rack the samples up and talk for about six hours to try and understand why the products were performing the way they were, mm. like why they were good or why they were bad. And did we send them to the right stores and mm. which customers prefer which products and all of this analysis manually just to make maybe half an hour of the day left to like action the insights mm. at the end of it. Mm. So I just got like... This has got to be a better way. Mm. I said to um, a friend of mine, I, I thought, let's maybe try and solve this problem. Mm -hmm. So I took him to dinner and I said, I, just let me explain my Mondays to you and this paper situation. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to analyze Who did visual you speak products. With? Who was this? My co-founder, Brent. Co-founder, Brent. Yeah. So he'd and been he a was good, a friend of yours. A friend in technology. Really oh. lucky. Yeah. Did you think that he would be your co-founder when you like was no. friend with him? I was just hoping he had some kind of interest in helping me solve this problem mm -hmm. or could point me in the right direction. Because it was in technology, so he thought he knew something that you didn't know. Totally. What did he say when you talked about this problem? So firstly, he was shocked at how we do things. Mm -hmm. And then he said, Kyla, you can solve anything with technology. I'm like, really? <laughs> you were like, yes! <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. And I've hung on to that sentence for the longest time mm -hmm. and now anytime the tech team tell me something's not possible I say anything is possible with technology and that's been my mantra and we've we've done amazing things because I just didn't believe otherwise yeah everything can be solved through technology 100% I love it 
And tell us, how are you solving then this important problem with your technology? <sighs> so, first of all, we bring in all of the retailers' product data, mm -hmm. right, into one place. The ERP, the e-commerce platform, anywhere we can find product data, we're bringing it into one place to make better product decisions. Mm -hmm. um, I think the retailers for so long, they've been obsessed with customer, right? Which is good because customer is king. But there's a second king and that's the product because your customer is coming to you for your product. Exactly. That's they true. They don't care about anything else but brilliant product. No. And they'll knock down the doors to get at it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've always been like, Customer and product are king. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand your product data as well as you do your customer. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we were passionate to bring to life, to make better decisions around like which sizes to buy, yeah. how many units to purchase, all of those things. And in this retail industry, I'm thinking back because I've had an interview. One of my first interviews was actually one really successful uh, online, um, how could you say, retail. She's built a, a shop online and physically in Trondheim. Oh. Uh, and she bought all these Holzweiler scarves. She bought 4,000 of them because she thought this is something people would want. She just had an eye for it. She was like, this is something people would buy. People will rip them off the shelves because this is popular. And she knew this beforehand. Um, but you kind of help retailers take these decisions, knowing what, what's going to work and not beforehand based on data. Right? Totally. Yeah. There's always that element of spotting the next trend, the scarf that's going to sell 4,000 units. Yeah. How do you discover this? How do we you know We don't. This? It's like she knows that yeah. and she, you know, she goes to invest in that scarf. Mm. But we can help her with all of the other data. How many scarves have you sold before? To which customers in which locations, in which sizes? Mm -hmm. And then just help her place the right number of units because... What she would have found, I bet you, with her scarf, is that it sold out so fast that she didn't even know how many she should have bought. Mm. Yeah. It was super popular. And then she goes, well, you know, I'm now turning over $10 million, but could I be doing 20? Yeah. And that's a lot of retailers, exactly. a lot of brands. Great, great product, but they are like held back by the inventory that they're purchasing. Mm -hmm. um, and they're scared, right? You don't want to be left with inventory. No. You don't so, want yeah. to. Yeah, because if you overbuy, you would be left with a lot of things in stock and you would never sell it out, right? Yeah. So that's, I think that's the whole retail business about figuring out how much to buy and how much to sell. It's it's a whole topic. We can talk about that for hours, but I also want to talk, like focus on you as a founder of this company. How mm -hmm. now you've expanded. You started in Australia, went well, and you have expanded to US. How how are you going to do this? Why? And, and tell me. We actually, we obviously, I was living in Australia at the time. So mm -hmm. it made sense to build a tech there. And we got such a strong foothold in the Australian market with the brands and the retailers there that it was quite obvious there was an international market for us. So mm -hmm. we started getting pulled by customers in the US and the UK yeah. and naturally acquiring customers there without doing anything. Okay. So we were like, there's a big opportunity there. So we did have to really think hard about how we were going to expand internationally. And mm -hmm. the team were up for it. So mm -hmm. we've got one team member who said, I I'm game, send me anywhere. She's now sitting in London. You know, we have another team member going, I want to go to Barcelona. Everyone's keen to just expand. Right. So we're building kind of pods around the globe to, you know, bring this to life for everybody because there's so many retailers don't have this technology for yeah. themselves. And how do you 
acquire customers then. You said you got customers by not really doing anything. Well, <laughs> you are doing something. You're building a great product, of yeah, course. Yeah. But how do you focus on branding yourself, marketing yourself, finding the right customers and getting them to buy your product? Yeah. I think any like a human instinct, right? We find a product we like and we tell everybody. I'm the worst at this. Like I find something I like, I have to shout from the rooftops about this small thing that is just the best. And I think 63% of our revenue for the first four or five years, mm -hmm. word of mouth. That's Tell it. us, say that again. So 63% of our revenue in the first four or five years was word of mouth. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. The users are obsessed with it. You get into it, it makes your day better, you tell everybody. I mean, I was amazed. We built this technology for like buyers and planners, mm -hmm. but we've got marketers, e-commerce managers, design, production. They're all coming in to understand the product data better, mm -hmm. which is like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably when you also know that you have a good product, right? When when someone uses it and their experience is really good, going back to your childhood, you're making someone stay better. Yeah. And when you can make someone else else's day better, you will talk about it. They will talk about, oh, my day got so much better. Because people remember how you made them feel. Not what you said. Yeah. How you made them feel. Totally. And if you can do that with your product, that's... A whole new level so congrats uh, on you. doing that and i'm really happy for for you and your journey here in new york and how you can you know expand further so what's the plan going forward with your product and business and i actually just thought of what you were saying earlier about yeah. like um branding yeah. specifically and thinking about like i've never branded myself in particular yeah we've just let the product shine right mm -hmm. but um I'm preaching that we should do what we feel passionate about. And that's why I also chose to outsource my accounting to Triple Tax. So what you can do is that you can try Triple Tax in 14 days for free if you need a new accounting system. And especially if your company is registered in Norway. I've also posted a link for you down here so you can check it out there. This is a little bit off the wall for a founder to say, but the moments when you know you've done it, for me, is when I hear, you know, I'll hear a demo or watch a recording of a demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the users will be saying, wow. And we get like 16 wows in a demo call, which is amazing. And so we've signed billion dollar businesses. We've got hundreds of customers. Those are all major achievements, but the thing that hits my heart and makes me excited is when I hear the users go, this is amazing. I want to marry Star Locate, it's so great. So those, that's what I live for. Yeah. Yeah. The wow That's feeling. success for me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you kind of also hired one of your wow customers because I met you two, you and Brogan. Brogan is sitting here in the studio. She's your kind of, what, what, is, she, what, what is she working with? Head of brand. Head yeah. of brand. Yeah. So you're sitting here, you're not in the podcast, but you're sitting here and, and you were using her product and now you're him, her employee, right? Correct. So, yeah, you should, we should give you a microphone. Um, but, but anyways, she told me that she was also amazed and wow about this experience. Yeah. So Brogan teases me because when she first started using Style Arcade, she had no idea that I was the founder of it. And I never told anyone in the beginning oh. because I wanted the product to shine on its own. Yeah. And I wanted people to not, you know, 
buy it because yeah. of the relationship I had with yeah. them. Yeah. So that was a big deal for me to, for many years, I didn't say that I was the founder. It Why was, not? Because you, you need the product to stand alone. It's independent of me. It's its own thing. It needs to be top quality, world class yeah. for people to want, love and use it. So it's not about me. It's about the product. So yeah, didn't tell people for a long time. But now you started telling people. Stop. I would say maybe I've started telling people in the last six, 12 months. And how has that been? Good. Scary, right? Why? Because now it's like people could criticize Style Arcade or love it. I would feel proud, but it was never personal, right? I was not connected to it. Mm -hmm. Now I have to talk about Style Arcade and, and then people associate me with the product. Exactly. Which is also a proud moment, but it's like... It's nice to watch from a distance, right? It's mm -hmm. nice to watch Style Arcade shine and mm. be all of its potential mm. without me being involved. I kind of like that backseat in a I way. I think that's really funny, um, or not funny, I'm really interested in personality types yeah. and how we all are different. Um, you, you seem like you're more an introvert, more analytical. You like to be in the background and let something else shine than yourself. Yeah. Then you have other people that like to be in the foreseat and be the one who's like... Uh, connected and, and have all the fame, right? Yeah. So that's really, really interesting. Just just a note on, on how you have kind of worked in the background. But now, as we see that a lot of personal brands are built and that you have to share a lot of yourself to get yeah. people trusting you, have you had any struggles by people, you know, trusting you if they don't know who's the founder? Or have you had any... There. I think, Henrietta, the, the product is its own, um, when you see it, you can appreciate it for all its glory, really. It's such a visual, beautiful, magnificent tool, mm -hmm. and it is so smart mm -hmm. that I think you can, sometimes people look at it and they go, they're, they're like, they don't believe it's as good as it is. Mm -hmm. And then you put it in their hands and they're like, my God, it actually does what it says on the tin. That's mm -hmm. mad. Yeah. So... Um, Yeah, you build trust through brilliant product yeah. and good, strong relationships with people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need to build trust with you to sell you Style Arcade. You can see how good it is on its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the confidence. <laughs> can you also tell me um, how, it, how, how you as a founder, how have you kind of worked through this? Because it's been five years also building this. You've, you've built it from the ground up. Well, what has been your biggest challenges along the way? Wow. As a founder. I'm sure most founders don't even know where to begin with saying like the challenges because, mm -hmm. but I, when I think back and I almost can't remember any, and then you go, what is my biggest challenge now? Because you see them as like opportunities. Mm -hmm. Any challenge equals growth. So you've got to like bring on the challenge. So every time I see you and I'm like, yes, we're about to take another leap forward. Mm -hmm. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. So you kind of learned that in the early days. You got to, the challenges are going to fly to you every single day. They're going to be fires. Pad up, like put on some boxing gloves and just like go at it because that makes you stronger. A friend of mine said, pain equals growth, Kyla. Pain Ooh. equals growth. <laughs> like, okay, every time I feel it, it's like I'm growing. I'm getting better and stronger. Yeah. So when someone says, what's your biggest challenge? I go, I don't know, but I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. But if you had to be super, super honest, it's work-life balance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's talk about work-life balance. Yeah. That's, that's a good one because how, how do you balance your life now? Because work is so overwhelming. You love this. You love your 
you love getting that wow feeling from your customers. You want that every day. You're you're trying so hard, you know. Um, how do you balance your life now? Like, yeah, I um, the thing that lights my fire and gets me out of uh, the day to day is travel, experiences, nature. Mm-hmm. So I try and do a lot of that. A load of it. You'll never switch off as a founder. It's impossible. Mm. Impossible. So you basically never take a holiday. Mm. But if I'm moving around the globe trying different things and experiencing mm. new things, mm-hmm. I get better ideas, I'm more present, mm. and you can deal with all the stress. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay, I'm taking a quick break here because the next one minute is going to be an ad in Norwegian. Ja, da vil jeg stolt snakke om min nye sponsor, nemlig AJ-produkter. AJ-produkter, det er et imponerende selskap som har i all sin drift vært familieeid. Og det står det stor respekt i. De har bygget sig opp siden 70-tallet, og nu er de i 19 land. AJ-produkter selger alt fra kontormøbler, butikkmøbler, innredning til konferanser, garderoba og til og med møbler til skoler. De har faktisk alt hva du kan tenke deg til kontoret. Og mange tror at AJ-produkter produserer varer utenfor Europa, men det her stemmer faktisk ikke. De har mange varer produsert i Europa i høy kvalitet, og mye er også egenprodusert. Hos AJ-produkter så får man mye for pengene. Prisene de er fornuftige, så hvis du er på utsikk efter nye kontormøbler, eller bare en enkel oppbevaringsboks, et skap eller heve senkebord til hjemmekontoret, så lover jeg det. AJ-produkter de har så mye på hjemmesiden deres. Så det er bare å gå in og sjekke ut vad de har. Jeg har lagt til en link til hjemmesiden deres her i beskrivelsen. Og du... De leverer faktisk til hele Norge. A lot of people, I, I see this as a, a thing that a lot of people say that they try to ground themselves through nature and getting away from all the, you know, messaging, digital, try to kind of just plug it out for a bit and then come back. But you always, you will always have it in your mind because you cannot let it go. Never. You can never let it go, but but that's also the beauty of it, right? Because you know that you've found something that you really want to invest your life in and you really want to build this. Um, yeah. And if you fail, you got to race back up again. But Henrietta, you know, you reminded me of a moment when, you know, you, you're scared to start the business yeah. because you have to give up your full-time job. You've just reached the top of your career. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to go backwards yeah. all the way to nothing and be on your own and start a business. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, oh, am I really going to do this? Mm-hmm. And then the one thing that made me do it was like, say when you're 80, you're sitting in your rocking chair and you're like, what did I achieve? And then you go, I had this golden egg of Starlocade in my hands and I wasn't the person to get it to market. Mm-hmm. That would have crushed me. Mm-hmm. So it's like the motivation to not have that f- fear that you didn't do the thing. And someone else launched it to market. Yeah. Exactly. Or something similar. So... Yeah. yeah, it's the same because you have an idea, you have something, you just need to bring it out there, tell people, because if you're not doing it, someone else will. Yeah. This is what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. And then you you would have looked back and go, I, that, I built that beautiful thing and I never got it to market. Mm-hmm. It's the best, best tool out there, honestly, I can mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And I feel so proud that I actually did. Mm-hmm. Man up but and- you had 
you 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 were how old were you when you started your business? How old are you now? Uh, 40 now. 40 now, and you started your business while you were 35. Yeah, and then you had a high-paying job in the realist no in the in the retail industry, yeah. right? So it's never too late as well. You were 35 and you've built some experience. Yeah. Because I also met founders that start right out of college. So how was that for you? Like building some, you know, you had a stable job and then went on to from zero to to everything. Yeah. I think um, for me, what was beneficial is mm-hmm. having spent 15 years in retail. Yeah. I knew exactly where the product needed to go. Yeah. And you you've seen so much and so many different things mm. that there's a lot of white space, mm-hmm. uh, which has been exciting to fill and innovate in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's benefited me starting it later rather than going straight out of college. I didn't have an idea then. I had an idea I wanted to do my own thing and build something mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the thing. So I was always looking for it, Henrietta. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many people who has this. They have, I was writing a, a LinkedIn post about this the other day that I've always felt, or I also know that a lot of other women also feel that they are made for something more. Mm-hmm. They want to build something of their own, but they don't have the idea. Or they know they don't know where to start, or they are maybe scared to start. There maybe they have fear because they don't know what people will think or what should they do, you know. But they know that within themselves, they know that they want to do something more. But what? So, what is your best advice then for people? Who's sitting inside with this feeling and want oh, to good. go out in the world? I felt this for a number of years. Yeah. It's like I want to find the thing that I can build something of my own, and so it was always there. You've just got to be comfortable that it'll show up when the time is right. Mm-hmm. So I just followed my nose. I just got annoyed with this problem, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, I'm going to solve that." I didn't know if Star Arcade was going to be this massive success. I didn't know that then. So I said to my co-founder, "I said, let's just work on this." Wednesday evenings and Sundays mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. as long as it takes to get this done. Yeah. And so we would meet every Wednesday evening and every Sunday to work on Style Arcade, not knowing if it would ever be anything. But once we had the prototype ready, like every retailer or person I spoke to wanted it. I was like, oh, wow, people are loving this thing. And it became so much bigger than me very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I knew I needed to build a team around it and I needed to be the person to take this mm-hmm. to market. So your advice then would be to just start working on it whenever you have time? or Well, if you know you want to do something, mm-hmm. the thing will show up. Yeah. I didn't know it was Style Arcade. No. But you work hard at something and you put passion into it. Yeah. It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. So what is your what is your biggest, you know dreams and goals and plans forward? Wow. Well, the goals are ever shifting. They Mm -hmm. get bigger and bigger. That's the nature of it. But I feel like if you talk about dreams, I feel like I live it now. Mm -hmm. Like the people I get to meet, the like, like the global expansion is so exciting. Mm -hmm. The stuff we get to experience, Mm -hmm. the innovation we get to do every day. I am living my dream. I'll tell you that. Wow. That's... Yeah. yeah. Actually, let's say the top of the top. Yeah. Living your dream is working with the people that inspire you. And yeah. I do that. We have such an amazing team. I actually wrote it down, Henrietta. So if you say what um, people don't know what they want to do, but they know they have this thing that they, that they inside them, that they want to do something bigger or start something on their own. All I wrote down before I went full time on Style Arcade was like, what are the three things I need 
Like, what am I wanting? And so I was like, okay, one, it needs to be creative. I need to do something creative and fun. Number two, um, number two was actually needed to be fun. So creative, fun, work with amazing, inspiring people. Mm. I was like, if I just have those three things, I'll be so happy. So that all just came together to be Starlocade. And I just focused on getting those three things and everything fell into place. Wow. Very clear. Clear vision because people think about all these things. Oh, you know, I want to make this amount of money. I want to do this and this and that. But actually when you kind of break it down and figure out what really matters in life is actually the people you're surrounded with. 100%. And that you work with something you're passionate about and something that you like. We're all as founders, you know, you're wanting financial freedom. Let's be honest. Mm. We're all going out there to build something great and like create freedom and like a lifestyle that we love. Mm. So admirable. Nothing, no shame in that. But if you think about how you make a lot of money is you make a lot of people happy. Mm. And this mm. was a simple little thing that I learned early on. I was waitressing, you know, in your teenage years, you're waitressing. I was obsessed with it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever come across. I get to make someone's experience so great. And then because of how good I am at making them happy, I make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's such a simple thing. But the more you invest in other people's experience and happiness, the more you get out of it mm -hmm. financially mm -hmm. in the end. So it was um, the same for Style Arcade. Our, my vision for Style Arcade is to build or be the reason that growing brands with their brilliant products, end up becoming unicorns. So it's not me being a unicorn. I don't need to be. That'll follow. It's Style Arcade having been the reason that they are. And we've got a number of billion-dollar companies that are customers of ours, but it's seeing the ones that go from, like, under 100 million all the way up. That's huge. Wow. That is huge. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything other to say than wow. It's really cool to hear your vision and your story and what, what you're really building. Um, we're also heading towards the end. This is the last question. And this is the question I'm asking all of my guests. If you got $1 million dollars right now to spend on whatever you wanted, what would you spend them on? Only a million, Henrietta. Yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's limited. Very it's limited. It's not too much. It's, it's something, but it's not too much. So what would you do with that? I'd need a hundred million. A hundred million? Make some real plans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me what you're going to do with a hundred million then. Fuck it. Come on. Oh my God. We would change the world, Henrietta. We would we'd solve all the problems. Honestly, there are that many ideas out there that I would find those other passionate people with all those ideas and I'd start to bring them to life. Mm -hmm. Because I think having now done it, People just need someone behind their back saying, you can freaking do it. Yes. Just keep at it. Yes. It's not hard. Just put one foot in front of the, your, every day and you get there. Yeah. So I would like to be helping founders get there because having done it now, I, it, it's not that hard. So you've got to be an angel investor then? Probably. That, I guess that's where it led us. Yeah. 100 million. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's create a fund. I know a lot of female founders. Great. We can do it. It would be so funny right now if I actually, if I was like this kind of like mic drop, boom. Yeah, here you go. You know, the ones that give me the best answer to this question, I will give them the 100 million or yes. the 1 million. <laughs> I don't have that money right now, but I will. Amazing. Yeah. See Thank you, you so much it. for joining Business Talk, uh, Michaela. It's been, it's been a pleasure Such speaking a pleasure, with you. Such a pleasure, Henrietta. Thank yeah. you. 
And where can people find you if people want to connect or look at your product, website, whatever? What's your handles? Starlarcade.com mm -hmm. and Michaela Vessels on LinkedIn. Perfect. I would love to chat and connect with people. Yeah. I will link it down in this description so people can find you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.